Welcome to The Wild Photographer with Court Whalen. Greetings, folks. Welcome to another episode of The Wild Photographer. Today, we're going to be doing another shorter episode, uh, but one that's very important for photographers, especially in the digital age. It's why you should set your own white balance, why that's something you should do. Well, I'm going to make the case for each and every time you go out in the field, uh, out for a shoot, out in your backyard, whatever you're doing, make sure you think about your white balance, at least for a moment, set it for the day, set it for the shoot, and you're going to get a lot better photos. So let's begin with what you're probably doing already, which is keeping your camera set on auto white balance, usually marked as AWB on most DSLRs, most mirrorless cameras, even point and shoots, AWB, auto white balance. Uh, essentially what it is, well, let's, let's actually start by saying what white balance is in the first place. This is a way for your camera to understand what true white is all about, what the actual color value is of a pure white surface, pure white object, whatever it is. The reason it's important is that white can actually look to be a different color based on what's illuminating it. Um, just imagine a white vase, let's say, some white opaque object, and you have it outside. It's under the bright orange-yellow sun. It's going to look a little bit different than if you have it inside under some sort of blue fluorescent light. That white value is going to be a bit different based on what the ambient lighting conditions are. So the camera understands this. It's a digital instrument. There's a computer inside each and every one of these things, no matter if it's a point and shoot, no matter if it's a big fancy DSLR, there is a computer in it. That computer in turn picks a value for that color and it figures it out by what colors are going on around the environment. I think it's very important for you to have a little bit more control over this than letting your camera just do the dirty work. What you're probably doing right now is keeping it set on auto white balance and the camera's getting it right maybe maybe 70% of the time, maybe not that much, maybe a little bit more. But the point is, is it's not getting it perfect each and every time. And that's where I want to help you improve as a photographer, take the reins on some of this stuff more. And ultimately, I think you're going to like your photos a lot more in the end. So if you've ever taken a photo, oftentimes it's when you take photos indoors and you notice there's this weird hue to everything. There's almost like a, like a golden hue maybe like a really blue hue, uh, something that says, wow, wh wh why is it so strong of color? It's usually because it's inside. It's usually lit by some sort of incandescent bulb or something with a, an actual harsh color to it. That's what's going on with setting auto white balance is it's trying to buffer for all that, but sometimes it just gets it markedly wrong. Now, ironically, I think auto white balance is one of the better settings for indoor photography. Now, keep in mind, this is the wild photographer. I'm usually about nature, wildlife, landscape, travel photography. So I'm not, I'm not shooting inside a whole lot. When I do, I'm not going through the motions to pick out a white balance card, go into custom settings, take a test shot, calibrate it to what is pure white in that lighting situation. I'll explain what this means uh, later on in the podcast, but basically you could be perfect, but considering most of the shots I have indoors are, you know, of a group sitting around a dinner table of maybe just a quick shot of my hotel room to remind me where I was. Nothing that's going to be real, real professional. If I'm going to get into real professional stuff, if you're a, a portrait photographer, a wedding photographer looking to get into nature and wildlife photography, you're probably very versed with this idea of customizing your auto white balance. And I'll get to that in a little bit. But basically, I'm only using auto white balance when I'm shooting indoors. Every bit of time that I'm spending my day doing landscape photography, travel photography, wildlife, nature, you name it, I'm usually picking one of the preset white balance scenarios that my camera sets up for me. 
So what are these preset settings? Well, the best way is to go into your camera's manual or go into your camera's menu. It's under the white balance, usually marked as WB. You might have to hit the function button. You might have to hit up on your little round dial. It's in a different place for every camera. But nevertheless, you wanna get into your white balance settings and you'll notice there's probably about six to eight different preset settings. And they usually have a little logo next to them of a, of a lightning bolt, which uh, symbolizes the preset setting for flash has a cloud setting for cloudy days, a little house with a shady symbol that's for shade, a sun for full sun, and on and on and on. There's even like a, a light bulb for indoor lighting and like a fluorescent light bulb for fluorescent indoor lighting. Um, that gets really specific. That's more for like portrait photographers, wedding photographers. Really, the vast majority of time, I'm toggling between just two of these settings. Well, three if you count auto white balance, but again, I use it very rarely. I am toggling between sunny, and cloudy, period. So take a moment to look at your camera if you have it with you. If not, next time you pick it up, grab it and get to that setting, get to that menu and see, get familiar with the, the settings, get familiar with the icons and the logos, that little cloud and that little sun because really I'm doing one or the other 90% of the time in my photography. Now, examples of what I do in my workflow. How do I choose? When do I choose? When do I set it? And essentially, why do I bother with all this in the first place? Well, let's start off with why you need to fuss with your auto white balance, take it off of auto white balance, put it on one of these preset settings. Why even do it in the first place? A lot of photographers, especially now in the digital age, will very easily be able to change that on the computer. Especially if you're shooting in raw mode, you know, raw is a type of file processing, a file storage. You can pretty much change that with very little degradation of your photo after you take the shot, when you're on the computer. So why bother doing it in the field? Why bother having one more step in your day taking an extra second to set this when you could be missing a shot. Well, I'll tell you, the main reason is that I've noticed in this era of Photoshop and, and constantly manipulating and changing photos and seeing a lot of photos out there that are way too manipulated, I am worried about my own perception of drastically changing my photo on the computer. I'm not really worried about what other people think. At the end of the day, if my final photo, my final version of that shot is great, if I like it, it's usually because I haven't processed it too much, but it's also, you know, that it's for me. Like most of my photography is my own taste, my own eyes. As a result of doing this, you know, in the business for 15, 20 years, it usually translates to what other people like as well. But really I'm doing it for myself first and foremost. What I've noticed is that if I, let's just say I set my camera on auto white balance, I'm out there, I'm photographing canyons in the Southwest, I'm out there photographing in the jungles of Borneo, and I come back, you know, I noticed that the auto white balance setting injected a lot of blue into the scene. You know, the color temperature is blue. Um, and I'm like, yeah, it was definitely not blue that day. It was definitely more on that spectrum of blue to yellow. It's more on the yellow end of the spectrum, more of a warming look. You know, I was in the jungles of Borneo. It felt warm. It looked warm. The sun was warm. The sun was that kind of yellow orangish tint to it. And the camera just plain got the white balance wrong. Uh, it, it injected too much blue. I find that if I use that little drop-down menu in Photoshop or Lightroom or Adobe Camera Raw, whatever you're using, I find that that rapid change from blue to yellow, it's, it's a big difference. The color of your photo changes markedly. I find that I just manipulated it too much and I don't like it. I, I find that looking at that photo first with a very, very specific color setting is essentially what my mind holds on to as the original photo. And if I'm editing it such that it has a lot more yellow and a much warmer look, I actually don't like that second version as much. It's entirely psychological. So what I've noticed throughout the years is that if I actually get the camera to take the photo the way I think it looks in the environment, i.e. in this case with a warming kind of look to it, 
I'm much more likely to mentally be able to deal with that warmer color, that more yellowish photo, and think it was less Photoshopped than if I were to switch it after the fact in post-processing. So you see, it's almost entirely psychological. Yet, I find that that's a huge part in photo processing and photo work, especially now in the digital age, that it's really paramount, more important than ever, to nail the shot right out of the camera. So what's my go-to workflow? Simply put, I probably keep my camera's white balance on cloudy 80% of the time. I, then that's personal taste. I just happen to like more of a warmer look to photos. So remember, what we're really doing is it's, it's on the spectrum of blue to yellow, a cool to warm spectrum. It's very akin to back in the filter days. If you wanted to put a warming filter on your camera, you would screw on a little yellow filter. If you wanted a cooling filter, it'd be the exact opposite, a bit more of a blue. I like my photos to look a little bit more warm. It's probably because I'm mostly in warm environments. I'm, I'm in the tropics, I'm in jungles. Um, but nevertheless, I just like that look personally. I think it saturates the colors a bit more. It brings out some of the yellows and the oranges and the reds, especially in places like the deserts of Southwest, especially in the tropics and jungles. I will shoot on cloudy, again, 80% of the time. Probably about 10% of the time, I'm shooting on daylight. So what daylight does is it injects more blue into the scene. It's as if you were saying, it's really sunny outside, the sun is really yellow, I need to balance that higher perception of yellow in my whites, um, which ultimately translates to all the colors in the photo. I need to balance that by injecting, forcibly injecting more blue into the scene. So as a result, it has more of a blue tint on the photo. So that 10% of the time, I won't go into all the many cases why I would put cloudy on, because my default is cloudy. Why do I put blue into the photo? Well, there are really only a couple times. Um, one is if I'm shooting in cold, snowy, Arctic, Antarctic conditions, I like my photos to have a cooler look. It's appropriate, it's cool, it's cold, it's frigid, it's icy. The other times that I'll shoot with more of a blue filter or that sunny uh, daylight white balance is in early mornings and late evenings. I find that oftentimes there is more of a blue hue to the environment and I want to express that. I want to really, really bring it out and, and, and saturate the colors a little bit more in the camera, in the shot, do it digitally so I don't have to fuss with saturation on the computer and, and get back to that psychology of over-editing my shots. So early mornings and late evenings, I often will experiment with that daylight setting, with that sun setting on my white balance. And then as I said, the rest of the time, I'm shooting on auto white balance for indoors. Maybe it's kind of between lighting schemes outside. I'm just like, I don't really know what it is. I'll set it on auto white balance. You know, I might have to change a little bit on the computer, but the point is I still don't shy away from auto white balance. I just don't do it the majority of the time. So finally, I promised I would talk about the really advanced technique here. And this is where you get into custom white balance settings. Most cameras out there, especially anything you know, DSLR, mirrorless, and beyond, they will have the ability for you to set your own white balance. And the way you do this is first you need a tool. You need a white balance card. This is something that you can buy from any Photoshop. You can buy it easily online. And it basically is just a pure white cardboard cutout. There are some fancier ways to do this with little foldable nylon bags or lens caps that have white on the inside. All that stuff's great. Um, you really just need a pure white surface and it needs to be big enough that you can actually photograph the whole frame. You don't need something the size of a 24 by 36 inch poster. You just need something like 10 inches by 10 inches, a foot by a foot, maybe even smaller than that, six by six inches. Something that's gonna allow you to easily and quickly and conveniently be able to photograph with keeping that white as the entire frame of your camera. So 
the stepwise process is going to be very, very specific for each camera model. So I'm not going to actually go into the exact process for every make and model, but I'm going to go into a general process. Typically for a lot of cameras, what you'll do is you'll have that white balance card or that white card handy in one hand on the table, set up to photograph somehow. Uh, and then you're going to go into your white balance settings and you go to a C or a custom setting. And it's usually pretty easy to find. It's among those six or eight different preset settings. And you're going to hit on custom. Usually, the next step is the camera is going to prompt you to do something with it. It's going to prompt you to take a photo. It's going to prompt you to hit a button. But essentially what you're doing is you're actually taking a photo of that white balance card with your camera while the camera is in this custom white balance program mode. If you want to try this, I highly recommend the next step being either to get a white balance card or probably before that, go into your camera's manual or menu, preferably your manual, your actual paper manual or your PDF manual, and start reading how to do this. You know, it might be too complicated for you. It might be really easy and you want to give it a try. You can try it at home with just a simple piece of copy paper or an index card and just see how easy it is to do it. You don't have to go out and get this pure white sheet or this pure white camera card. I think it's a lot easier in the end to do so from a camera store because they're made with a certain thickness. They often have like a protective coating. It's, it's easier for me doing a lot of this who are the people that do a lot of this? Well, mostly it's gonna be portrait photographers and wedding photographers. People that are shooting indoors in highly artificial light conditions almost all the time. So folks, I hope this has been informative today. Um, I am really passionate about the idea of setting your own white balance. It's something that I have frankly discovered a few years ago. And I think it's really game changed my photography in a good way. I'm doing less post-processing. I'm liking my post-processing more because I, I, I don't have to make as drastic of changes. At the end of the day, I want to be happiest with my photos. It's psychological. I find that when I do this, when I set my own white balance, I'm happy with the colors, the contrast, the everything about my photo because I've, I've programmed it. I've deliberately made those choices. And like I often say, I can justify it based on the conditions of the day. Folks, thanks so much for tuning in once again. If you have any questions, if you have any thoughts, feedback, suggestions for future episodes, please hit us up at our new email address, wildphotographerpodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's wildphotographerpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love for you to join us next time. Thanks.